the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's just after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Forecast calling for our cloudy evening. Low drop into 34. Good deal of sunshine tomorrow. High of 48. Flyers lost to Washington yesterday 3-1. They're now eight points out of a playoff spot. Six games to go. They're home Toronto against Toronto on Wednesday evening. Hoping to still take it one game at a time, see if they can make it in the playoffs. Phillies won this afternoon 3-2. Their final spring training game before their season opener this Thursday at home against the Atlanta Braves. March Madness continues. We're at sweet, the uh, Sweet 16 round now with all the... Top seeds still in there, and a lot of the two and three seeds. Uh, so uh, Villanova losing over the weekend. That was maybe kind of expected at some point. Of course, they won a couple of the last three national championships and still had a pretty good season this year. So we'll see that uh, all resumes on Thursday night. This evening, the Sixers and Orlando are at it. Seven o'clock tip-off. And we are very glad and privileged to bring in someone who ties those two franchises together the uh, co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic, Pat Williams, joining us. Hello, sir. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. The team is uh, – we want to get into your book and uh, that you've just put out and a number of other things too, but uh, just as far as the basketball game goes tonight, Orlando in that ninth seed, just, a, I guess, a game out of the playoff picture at the moment. So what's the feeling around Orlando as far as them making it in? Well, Tim, there's a great deal of excitement and enthusiasm. This is the best run we've had in many in numbers of years. We've been, uh, uh, you know, scuffling for a while, but uh, this year we've turned it around here, and um, we're, we're in a dogfight with Miami and Charlotte. Yeah, uh, for that last berth in the playoffs, and uh, every game is awfully important to us. Uh, tonight we're at home with the 76ers. A big, big. A big assignment, tough assignment. And then tomorrow we go on the road down to Miami, uh, one of the three teams that we're battling with trying to get in that last spot in the playoffs. So uh, these are all important games for us. Absolutely. Well, and the Magic, uh, to their, uh, at least for tonight, you know, they have a winning record at home, not as much on the road. So at least, you know, again, it's one game at a time. And uh, when you're coming down the home stretch, everything gets magnified. So you've experienced this many, many times. I know. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, right? <laughs> so. Well, that's true, Tim. And I think that's it's important, you know, just to deal with one game, you know, not worry about uh, tomorrow night, tonight. And uh, we've got our tough, tough uh, assignment with the 76ers. We, uh, everybody knows that they're, a, you know, a title contender. And uh, we've never have had a great deal of success with this this new look 76er team. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it'll be very, very interesting tonight. I know uh, sports fans in the Delaware Valley are 
following the Sixers season very closely. Yeah. And uh, it'll be quite interesting to see how this plays out. Pat Williams is co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic. His website's patwilliams.com. And on there, you will find a lot of good information, including about this new book that just came out last month, Character Carved in Stone, the 12 Core Virtues of West Point that Build Leaders and Produce Success. Uh, you've written a new book, which is a phrase you've heard over 100 times <laughs> since you've written 100-plus books. Uh, talk about this book and what brought it about and you know what motivated you to – to write it. Tim, here's what happened. Uh, a few years ago, I was invited uh, to go up to West Point and speak to the Army sports team as men and women, uh, along with their coaches. It was a great experience. After we finished, they gave me a tour of the campus, which is really an eye-opener, very, very moving. Uh, we ended up at a little park on the edge of the campus, looking out over the Hudson River. It's called Trophy Point. And a uh, beautiful setting. And we, um, I noticed in that park a bench, a stone bench, which is not uncommon. But then I looked further and I counted, uh, ended up counting 12 benches. That is unusual. And I, for some reason, I wanted to check even further. So I did. And I noticed at the end of one of the benches, there was a word carved into the stone. Uh, and then I checked on all 12 benches. <clears throat> there was a different word carved into each one of those benches, words like courage and uh, integrity, loyalty, responsibility, uh, trust, uh, those kind of words. Yeah. And I thought, boy, there's got to be a backstory here. Well, as it turns out, there was uh, the West Point class of 1934, on their 50th anniversary in 1984, gave those benches as a school gift, and they selected those words uh, to inspire and motivate the students uh, to uh, live by those words and to lead by those words. And uh, I remember thinking, boy, this is a well-kept secret. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard of this, and I, I doubt many people had. So I, I presented to the publisher, and they liked the idea. I said, I think we should do a chapter on each one of those words and then see if we can find a West Point graduate uh, who best modeled or exemplified that particular word. So we ended up doing that, and uh, we found a spot for Dwight D. Eisenhower, and we found a spot for Ulysses S. Grant and uh, Douglas MacArthur. Uh, General Omar Bradley, General Matthew Ridgway. Uh, we found a spot for uh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, a West Point graduate. That's right. That's and right. Uh, and then we asked Coach K to write the foreword, which he readily agreed to do. Isn't that so? Something? It's been quite a quite a project. The book is out. It's been well received, and uh, it, it's basically when you break it down, it's it's a book about leadership and. What does it take to improve yourself as a leader, to really uh, up, up your ante as a, as a leader? Yeah. Uh, we had a good time uh, researching it, an even better time writing it, and 
Now we're having a good time, Tim, telling others about it. That sounds great. Pat Williams is our guest. He's the co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back, talk about the book a bit more, and, of course, talk about leadership in general and your lifetime as you've experienced so many different things in the world of sports and promotions and other things, too. And, of course, the, the 1983 championship here in Philadelphia for the Sixers. So there's a lot of meaning behind these things, and we want to pick your brain and get more insight from you. We'll be back in just a moment. It's Tim Demas show. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 412. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. We are joined by co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic Pat Williams, whose new book just came out recently, Character Carved in Stone, the 12 Core Virtues of West Point that Build Leaders and Produce Success. Got the West Point theme there to usher in our next segment here. So, uh, Pat, my question for you then, on this list of virtues, you rattled some of them off before the break. One of them might not be naturally associated with leadership, in a way, especially in the military situation or or setting, the word compassion. So in your opinion, you know, how does the word compassion fit in as far as being a good leader and how important that is? Well, it was one of the words that uh, the class of 1934 selected to be on those benches. And the person that we used as a model for that word, surprisingly, was General Ulysses S. Grant. And people don't generally think of Grant, uh, you know, the... um, architect of the Union victory in the Civil War as a compassionate person, but as we studied him, uh, he was. He uh, had a great concern for his soldiers. He cared about them individually. Uh, he had a very, very wonderful marriage, and he was had a great compassion for his wife and his children. And he also, as we studied, had a great compassion for horses. He was a horseman. Hmm. at West Point, and uh, that was a big part of his career. Uh, The story is told that in one situation during the Civil War, he was uh, coming down a road, and he noticed on the side of the road a soldier just absolutely punishing his horse, whipping him and beating him unmercifully. Hmm. And uh, and Grant, uh, who was a very even-tempered guy, he, he just exploded with anger. Hmm. and uh, and went up to that soldier and almost tore his head off, hmm. threatened him within an inch of his life that if he ever saw him treating a horse again or an animal like that, he would, well, he would, he would make sure that uh, you know, yeah. he was severely punished. So we and, and, you know, when you get down to it, Tim, I think another way of using that word compassion is simply people skills. Uh, great leaders really uh, care about people. Uh, they're interested in people. They have a heart for people. They have empathy for people. Yeah. Uh, great leaders love people. Well, and, you... and one of the great models of that yeah. is not West Point, but uh, is Coach Dick, Dick Vermeil, who uh, is still highly regarded in the Philadelphia area. Uh, they used to call him Crying Dick Vermeil. I mean, Dick would cry at the drop of a hat you know he yeah. was so uh, so emotional but his old linebacker bill Berge, once said to me dick couldn't help himself hmm. he said he he loved us so much that uh that if something touched his heart he just would would break down and start crying 
I remember once Dick said, uh, I tell my assistant coaches I love them. He said, why should you feel something and not say it? I think that's one of the reasons that Dick Vermeil, uh, certainly in the Philadelphia area and elsewhere, is still so highly thought of and still uh, so highly regarded. Absolutely. Uh, simply because he uh, he cared deeply about people. I think you could call it compassion, sure. Yeah. Of the 12 that are in the book, is there one or two that you think might be the most difficult to actually you know, achieve? Well, it's a good question, Tim, but uh, let, let's focus on that word integrity. Yeah. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, has been quoted as saying that you cannot be an effective leader uh, without integrity. He said it doesn't matter whether you're uh, leading a, you know, a, a segment on your construction job or a football team yeah. or, or a business. He said that without integrity, he said you just can't lead in effectively. Um, so what does that word integrity mean? Well, it comes from the root word integer, which means one. Well, that would lead to the wor- a word like integrated, which means one society. So a leader of integrity, well, there's, uh, there's only one side of them. They're, they're consistent. Hmm. Uh, their walk and their talk match. Uh, they're not talking one way and walking completely in the opposite direction, which would absolutely confuse people. Uh, Eisenhower, the, we, we tell the story of Eisenhower in uh, the Philippines, where he spent six years there under General Douglas MacArthur. The Philippine government was grateful to us and to our leaders, and uh, they uh, offered and gave uh, sizable sums of money. It wasn't illegal. Uh, MacArthur ended up getting uh, $500,000. He took another general's accepted uh, something like that was offered to Eisenhower, but he dec- he turned it down. Hmm. He, he declined. He said, "I am paid for my job." He said, "I'm well paid." He said, "I uh, I, I don't uh, need to accept anything more." Uh, yeah. That was Ike. You know, he <laughs> just lived at a very high level of character and integrity. That's uh, why we featured him with that word. Pat Williams is our guest. The book uh, that he just put out is called Character Carved in Stone, The 12 Core Virtues of West Point that Build Leaders and Produce Success. Um, and I've, It's been a long time. I'm just uh, during the break talking to our producer, Joe, who reminded me and wanted to at least pass along to you that when you were with the 76ers, that magical season especially, a lot of good seasons, but the one where they won the championship in 83, those games were actually carried on WFIL radio. Uh, Tim, I remember that, yes, and uh, we had a series of broadcasters over those years, Don Henderson, who's still around, he's in his mid-80s and, and doing radio in Sarasota, Florida. Wow. Uh, we had Andy Musser for a while. Sure. Uh, Bill Campbell uh, did did games for a while. That's unbelievable. And um, we had we had a, a series of really, really good broadcasters, yeah. so I... I vividly remember WFIL. I grew up with it. Isn't it? You know, growing up in Wilmington, Delaware, WFIL was <laughs> always on the dial. Yeah. And uh, and I'm so glad that uh, you're part of the Salem Network now, as I understand it. And, yeah, uh, we are. Re- really having a, a a strong voice, a Christian voice in the 
in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area. I, I'm just so pleased about that. That's great. Well, we're glad to have you on today. Uh, and, and you mentioned that as far as your faith goes, too, uh, there's an intersection for sure between that and, and leadership, whether it's with the book you just wrote or in general before. I remember, I remember reading, a, I think it was uh, The Secrets, uh, Success Secrets of Shamgar. It's a small book, a red yes. book, years ago. And I remember loving reading that book. It's still on my shelf at home. But so, and again, you've written so many books, but talk about the, you know, how your faith comes into play with these books that you've written and the, the speeches you do. You go out and do motivational speaking as well. Well, Tim, I speak in a number of different venues, uh, from church pulpits to uh, corporate uh, events to uh, college or school events, and I tailor my talk to what uh, they, they have hired me for. Yeah. You know, if I'm speaking at a uh, Fortune 500 company, they they do not want that to be a, <clears throat> a Billy Graham crusade, for example. <laughs> right. But I, I have found that I'm always able, in those settings, to fit in <clears throat> just enough that, that Christians in the audience pick up on it. Yeah, sure. Uh, just just enough. And, and afterwards, they'll come up and say, uh, you know, thank you, thank you for uh, touching on that, or thank, thank you for bringing the Lord in it, you know. And I say, well, I can do it in a way that doesn't get people upset, and they're they're all angry, you know, because they, they, I didn't they, I didn't hire you to be a preacher, right? Right. Uh, Out of respect found, for them, sure. Found you can do it in a in a very very subtle way, but to the Christians in the audience, they 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 catch it, and they're they're encouraged by that. So. I speak on a wide range of topics, Tim, but I think at the heart of it, certainly in the corporate world and in the church world as well, I, uh, I'm really focusing more than ever on this whole issue of leadership. Uh, you see, everything rises and falls on leadership. It always has, it always will, it'll always be a topic of intense interest in our country. Uh, leadership in government, leadership in education, leadership in sports, leadership across the board. And uh, so I, I, I continue to study and research and really examine this whole area of leadership. And I think right now that's uh, that's really the hot button as far as speaking and writing is concerned. That's great. I would love to pick your brain uh, here in a moment. Uh, Pat Williams is our guest. He's the co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic. He's been a general manager in the NBA for a number of teams, including, of course, the Philadelphia 76ers and helped bring the championship to town in 1983. And the team was in the finals a number of years, written over 100 books. You can find out more about him online at patwilliams.com. We're going to take a short break and then continue our conversation tonight at the Orlando Magic, the team that Mr. Williams is with, and the 76ers are actually playing just a couple hours from now. Uh, Mr. Williams, kind enough to join us for a little bit here on the program. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, back in just a moment on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 425 AM560 WFIL, Philadelphia. Our guest from the Tim DeMoss Show this afternoon, Pat Williams, the co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic, patwilliams.com, to find out more about what we were talking about before the break. If you'd like him to actually come speak to your company or your group, that's the place to go. You can find out more about the books he's written, over 100. There's a brand new one out called Char uh, Character Carved in Stone, the 12 Core Virtues of the West Point 
uh, West Point that uh, built leaders and produced success. If you'd like to win a copy of that, by the way, send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just put your first and last name and the word uh, character. Let's put it, that's just the first word in the title. And uh, we'll draw a winner at the end of the program. Again, 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. First and last name, the word character, will work. As we come back and uh, bring Pat Williams into the equation, just thinking about a little basketball side of things, we have to talk a little basketball here. Your history in this Philadelphia area is too uh, too important to not bring up. Uh, for those, I guess, you mentioned, actually, let's, let's back up a second. You were uh, mentioning you know, growing up in Delaware. And uh, just briefly, if you would, kind of trace the path from growing up there because you played minor league ball, right? And you went, you also played, uh, you shifted, you were baseball for a while, then you shifted to basketball. Kind of how did that path unfold for you? I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, and uh, I went to school there at Tower Hill School, played all all the, the three different sports. I then went to Wake Forest on a baseball scholarship, and I caught for the Wake Forest team for four seas, four years. Wow. Uh, I graduated in June of 1962 and uh, had the opportunity to uh, sign with the Phillies. They sent me to their Miami Farm Club in the Florida State League. Uh, Andy Semenek, a longtime Philly favorite, was the manager. Uh, yeah. Fergie Jenkins was one of the pitchers on our staff. It was quite an experience for me. Um, in those two off-seasons, I went and got my master's degree at Indiana University. Also did my uh, Army Reserve duty. Hmm. Um, at this point, after playing again down in Miami in 1963, the Phillies decided that my future was better uh, behind a desk than behind the plate. <laughs> and uh, thus yeah. the front office career began. Uh, I ended up uh, running the Phillies uh, Farm Club in Spartanburg, South Carolina, uh, for four seasons, 1965, 66, 67, and 68. Uh, wonderful experience there. We uh, had wonderful teams. We promoted like crazy. And I was uh, heading you know, for a career in baseball. But then uh, something interesting happened. I came to know Christ. In February of 1968, I was 27 years old, mm. and the first thing that hit me as a new Christian was, I'm going to take my hands off my life and let the Lord lead throughout all of this, and I was tired of, uh, of trying to promote myself and climb the ladder, and so I just relaxed and said, Lord, I'm in your hands. Well, I walked into my office in July of 1968 at the ballpark, and there was a note to return a call to a Jack Ramsey in Inglewood, California. Well, uh, growing up in the Philadelphia area, I certainly knew who Jack Ramsey was, the longtime coach at St. Joseph's, yeah. uh, then the general manager of the 76ers, and my thought was, what in the world is he calling me for? <laughs> I, I'd never met him, yeah. uh, but I returned the call, and... Uh, Jack explained to me that he was about to take over the coaching duties. Uh, he was also in the process of trading Wilt Chamberlain to the Lakers, and he was going to need somebody to run his front office because he was going to be a full-time coach. Uh, would I be interested? Wow. Wow. Well, I'd never had met Jack Ramsey. We didn't. He'd never met me, but I flew up to Philadelphia twice 
for interviews, and uh, uh, the Phil- uh, the 76ers hired me. I left the Phillies, left baseball, and uh, joined the 76ers uh, for that one season. My title was a business manager. I was actually in charge of the day-to-day operation of the team for a 28-year-old guy right off the farm club in Spartanburg. That was unheard of, but it happened. And then one year later, uh, to the day, I got a call from one of the owners of the Chicago Bulls who said they were seeking a new general manager and they wanted to talk to me. Wow. Well, I I went out and had that interview, and uh, uh, Jack Ramsey let me out of my contract, and I went to Chicago, spent four years there as the general manager of the Bulls, and after the fourth year, the team was sold, and it was time for me to move on, and I went to Atlanta for one season. And then in 1974, after that year with the Hawks had ended, uh, the 76er GM post was open, and Irv Kozlov was then the owner of the 76ers, and he brought me back. And I spent 12 years in that uh, general manager's chair. Uh, we had three different owners during that period from 1974 to 1986. Yeah, that's right. right. And then in June of 86, I felt a a need to really do something off the charts. Well, that was to move to Orlando, Florida and join up with some business leaders and try and convince that community and convince the NBA that uh, it was worthwhile putting an expansion team into into Orlando, Florida. Pat Williams. Well, we were successful in our effort. We yeah. We're awarded a franchise in April of 1987. Right. Uh, we are now coming to the conclusion of our 30th season as a as an NBA team in Orlando, and I've uh, we've been, we've been living there now for 33 years. Hard to would you did you ever think this would be the path that you know you might take and, and wind up settled after all the other jumping around? Well, how, how could I? Yeah. My point is, Tim. Uh, once I uh, put my life in in the in God's hands in February of 1968, when I just said I was 27 at the time, and I just said, "Lord, uh, I want you to direct my life, and I'm I'm getting out of it, and uh, I'm in your hands." Well, everything I've just shared with you, there was no way I knew about any of those changes or any of those spots. Uh, I didn't know any of the people, uh, but uh, God knew where He wanted to plant me. And uh, I've often thought that uh, that decision to become a Christian, well, you're signing up for quite an adventure. I guess that's the point I'm making. Uh, When you you say yes to God and uh, invite Christ to come into your life, you are then uh, at his beck and call. (laughs) And uh, God, things that I could never have imagined or predicted uh, but God knew all about them, and uh, that's where he has been planting me over these many years. Fat Williams is kind enough to spend the uh, hour with us today. He's the co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic. Uh, PatWilliams.com is where you can find out more about him as well. He's been an NBA general manager, as he shared. He helped bring the Sixers a championship in the early 80s in 1983. A new book uh, out, Character Carved in Stone, The 12 Core Virtues of West Point That Build Leaders and Produce Success. That's the latest in over a, a long line of over 100 books over the years that have been written. And uh, just kind enough to share your testimony as well. You, you know, and, uh, you know, as I'm thinking through the, the words you're sharing, 
the idea of God being better than what we can imagine for ourselves, there's a verse I've come to a lot in the years, uh, Psalm 84, 11. It says, uh, no good thing does God hold back from those whose walk is blameless. And uh, the emphasis being on God's character, that God's good. And if you look back and say, man, I let God take control of things, and what an amazing ride. What a blessing. All the things you've had the chance to experience, not just, not from a fame perspective, just the just the interest level of nothing else and all the satisfaction of people you've met and being able to bless and help serve, like you were, you were sharing earlier, so important to, as far as being a leader goes. Well, I appreciate that. And um, I'm, uh, I'm impressed with that verse, Tim, that you just brought to our attention. I've just opened my Bible. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. What a great psalm, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, those, those last two verses, 11 and 12. Uh, write them down, folks. Psalm 84, 11 and 12. There's two good verses to focus on. Our forecast, we're going down to 34 tonight, staying cloudy, a lot of sun tomorrow, high 48. Just a quick check on sports. Uh, Flyers lost yesterday. They play home Wednesday against Toronto. The Sixers are at Orlando tonight, 7 o'clock. Phillies won this afternoon. They wrapped up spring training. They start their regular season this Thursday at home. And March Madness continues. The Sweet 16 uh, picks up again on Thursday. Among them, uh, Duke is in the Sweet 16. And Duke's head coach, the Hall of Fame coach, Mike Krzyzewski, wrote the uh, wrote the foreword to your brand-new book. Talk about your relationship, your friendship with, with Coach K. Well, we've known, known each other for many, many years. In fact... When I first moved down to Orlando and we got the team and began to put all the pieces together, I approached him uh, inquiring if he would be interested in uh, being being our coach. Um, He he retorted that he was uh, not interested in uh, taking over an NBA team. He was very comfortable and happy at Duke. That would have been 19... 89, that period. And um, he's had other opportunities to to coach NBA teams. But, you know, he has built that program at Duke. It's just unbelievable, you know, the young players he's gotten in there and the successes they've had. And um, But he just has a hot love for West Point. Well, and he should. He was a... Right. He was a, a kid. He was 17 years old, a young man on the south side of Chicago. Bobby Knight came into his home uh, to recruit him to come play at West Point. And Coach K, I think, was had his doubts, but he went there and uh, finished and then later became the head coach at West Point himself at Army. Ah, I didn't uh, know so that. he has a great love for the United States Military Academy. And when we approached him about doing this forward, he... Uh, he responded very quickly, hmm. said he would be honored. And uh, so we were, needless to say, when he, he agreed to do that, we were, we were really thrilled. If you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Pat Williams, the uh, co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic and uh, a leader in many fronts and many, many franchises and this new book, Character Carved in Stone. Uh, if you'd like to win a copy, send me a quick text, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just your first and last name and the word character, and we'll put you in the mix and we'll draw a winner at the end of the hour. Uh, the book talks about, obviously, the leadership, the 12 core virtues of West Point that build leaders and produce success. And we talked about leadership a little bit earlier, and, and you were saying 
how the more you think about it and the, the way you're maybe even spending a lot of your time now is on the that word leadership and what it means to be a leader and the importance of being a leader. Um, you know, it's I'm just sharing here. Most of my radio life has been, uh, you know, on the air, kind of a, a DJ of sorts and, and, and involved in a lot of things. But since I came back to WFIL, uh, I think 15, 20 years ago, you were actually in studio. Across, yeah. We didn't remember, <laughs> right? So I was the morning guy, which is an important thing. But I, but now I've come back in a role of leadership on the program director. So it's more than just having a show or preparing for a show, but it's helping lead people and helping, you know, work with everybody. And so I'm looking to you for advice. I can read the book, but if, if you had to give me even just from for a quick start, and this would apply to anybody, whatever role of life they are, parents, perhaps, or like you said, construction or, or working at the hospital or a teacher, what's a couple of things that you would, you would, um, say as far as like, you know, don't be afraid to tell somebody something hard or, or, you know, make sure you encourage somebody each day or what, you know, any thoughts like along those lines? Tim, if I, here's what I have learned from my own experiences in leadership, uh, plus the study, uh, which I continue to do of great leaders in all fields who we admire so much. I'm fascinated by them. And I come away convinced that there's seven ingredients that every great leader has possessed and, and must possess today without, without any equivocation. Number one uh, is simply called vision. Uh, great leaders are visionaries. They see the future before it gets here. Hmm. Uh, they know where uh, the operation is headed. Uh, to them, they see it clearly. And uh, they uh, see way down the road. They know where we're headed, okay? So the first thing that must be there in any leader's arsenal is this whole vision thing. Secondly, uh, great leaders know how to communicate that vision. Uh, it's, it's one thing to have a vision for a company or an organization, but if you cannot communicate it effectively, well, that vision doesn't, isn't worth anything. Okay. So great leaders are great communicators. I'm writing this Thirdly, down. Uh, great leaders have people skills. Uh, they care about people. They're interested in people, not just what people can produce for that company or that organization, but they're they're truly uh, they have a heart and have have a good feel. They feel good about people and they want people to be successful. They care about people. The, the fourth thing that I've learned is, is this whole issue of character, uh, honesty and integrity and responsibility and uh, humility. Those, those character qualities in leadership are so vital. Uh, you, you can only go as high on the leadership ladder as your character will allow you. Okay. Then the fifth point, Tim, would simply be called competence. Leaders are good at what they do. Okay. Yeah. And that begs the question, how did they get good? Were they born that way, or were they developed? or did, What happened? Well, uh, I guess every now and then a leader is, is born, you know. But, but as far as I'm concerned, leadership is, is a quality that we can get better at, we can improve, uh, we can um, you know, study it, we can learn about it. And uh, competence in leadership, uh, competence means solving problems. It means spotting good talent and, and putting in the right place and building a team. Uh, leaders are competent at teaching. 
Uh, they've got to be lifelong learners, therefore. Mm. Okay. Uh, the sixth thing I would say, Tim, it's simply called boldness. Okay. Uh, to be a great leader, it requires boldness. Uh, leaders have to make tough decisions from time to time. They, they have to step up and lead. They can't uh, slink back and they can't postpone. And they, If you don't have a leader in your organization making decisions... Well, that organization is just going to stagnate. Hmm. It's just going to, it's just going to stand there and, and not go anywhere. Um, so, so uh, bold leaders, uh, we need them in every every field. Yeah. And then finally, the seventh quality is called a serving heart. Hmm. Uh, great leaders uh, understand that they're servants first, and then or, and they're servers, and then they then then they're leaders. Yeah. And, of course, Jesus was the ultimate model of, of, of a serving-hearted mentality. Yeah. Uh, he made it very clear that he was on this earth not to be served, but to serve others. That, yeah. that still blows me away, Tim. That was God himself saying that, it's that uh, I am here uh, to, uh, to serve other people. Philippians 2. So if that was Jesus' outlook, Tim, uh, how much more do we need to really focus on that as leaders? So let me, let me just summarize what I've just shared with you. Uh, seven things one must do to be a leader right and true. Have vision that is strong and clear. Communicate so they can hear. Have people skills based in love and character that's far above the competence to solve and teach, and boldness that has fearless reach, a serving heart that stands close by to help, assist, and edify. Amen. I like it. I've written them all down. <laughs> and we have this, by the way, for those just tuning in, you can get the podcast uh, a little bit after the show is over here. It'll be up so you can run through that and listen to it. And I have a guess, a hunch, that's in book form somewhere among the hundred plus you've written. <laughs> so it, it it's somewhere, Tim. I I don't know exactly where it is, but yeah. I think that uh, little summation there kind of wraps it all oh, up. It's... Those are the seven qualities that I've, you know, when you study George Washington or study Abraham Lincoln or study Martin Luther King Jr. or you study Winston Churchill or Ronald Reagan or uh, Coach Bear Bryant or John Wooden. Yeah. Uh, you study great leaders, and I'm convinced that uh, they model, you know, those seven ingredients uh, that I've just shared with you. Pat Williams is our guest. We have a brief break to take. We'll come back and continue our conversation. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 447, Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Tonight at 8 o'clock on the History Channel, it's Jesus' Life, an eight-episode miniseries premiering uh, tonight. Goes the next three Monday nights, two episodes per evening. The miniseries uh, looks to give a 360-degree portrait of Jesus from eight different perspectives of those who are very much connected to him one way or another, including his father Joseph, Mother Mary, uh, John the Baptist, Peter, and others. The miniseries also features a, a diverse group of contributing scholars, faith leaders, and theologians adding their perspective. 
Uh, each episode, a different biblical uh, figure takes a turn guiding viewers through the story from Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection, all conveyed through a combination of scripted drama and interviews with prominent religious leaders and historical experts. Uh, that's Jesus' Life, an eight-episode miniseries on the History Channel tonight, 8 o'clock. I, I would like to add, uh, and just in conjunction with that, as you can imagine, since it's a scripted drama and the original biblical figures aren't here today to speak directly, you know, always go back to God's Word. See for yourself what it says, just like the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17, when Paul and Silas come to speak to the church. It says in verse 11, the Bereans received the message with great eagerness and examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Even though it was Paul speaking, and they could have just said, oh, it's Paul, we'll just take whatever you say. They still double-checked what he had to say with the scriptures themselves. And I would hope that you and I also make a habit of that regularly, regardless of where we find ourselves. We're uh, continuing our conversation now. Pat Williams, the co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic, is our guest. And uh, this new book that he has, we've been talking about throughout our time together, Character Carved in Stone, the 12 Core Virtues of West Point that Build Leaders and Produce Success. PatWilliams.com for more info. Uh, We had the little Sixers theme going there back then. And I'm just thinking, just from a historical perspective, when you did come, to Philadelphia, and I guess you were here from the 70, was it 74 to 86, roughly? That's uh, right. Yeah. So you did a lot of things, like trading for Julius Irving, Dr. J, and for Moses Malone, and uh, drafting Maurice Cheeks, and Andrew Tony, I think, and Charles Barkley, and uh, I, I just thought I would, uh, plus then later on, Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway, and I think even, uh, were you part of the, the uh, trading Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete Maravich, back in the day? Yes, that was my one year in Atlanta with the Hawks, <laughs> and at the end of that year, yeah. Uh, May of 74, we uh, made a decision that we were really not getting where we wanted to uh, in Atlanta and that uh, Pete at that point was a troubled soul. His Christian conversion came later. Hmm. But uh, we we got uh, the new team in New Orleans was coming in as, a, as an expansion team. Yeah. Pete, of course, had made his mark at LSU and they were very eager to get him to start their franchise and gave us a bushel of draft picks, and yes. uh, which we thought cemented the future of the Hawks. Um, I left shortly thereafter when the Sixers came beckoning, and I went back home to Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, But that was a big deal, you know, where Pete had been such a key part of things in Atlanta, but the franchise was kind of mired and not really going anywhere, and uh, that's the deal. Uh, well, we made it made it in May of 1974. Well, as I look at all those names, and I'm thinking of the, the whole story behind even how Julia Serving came here and the creative way that that happened. And you, you know, you weren't afraid to make big moves. And I was wondering, you know, uh, if you could maybe speak to your approach to engaging in transactions that are of that magnitude, like whether it's a, don't be afraid to fail or just make sure you're prepared really well before you try something and or, um, you know, avoid the temptation to act too quickly or knee-jerk. You see, the team's not doing this. We better, make it do, we better do something. Well, it's true, Tim. Uh, all of those moves that we made were, were well thought out. Uh, I did not make them uh, unilaterally. You know, uh, I had thorough conversations with our coaches and our scouts, you know, all the people that would be involved. Uh, did that on every, every draft pick and all the different moves that we made. Uh, I certainly did not want to make trades and then come later and say to the coach, by the way, we just did this or that. You know, that's no way to win the trust of a coach. So there was unanimity, you know, on all these different deals that we made. And uh, I still believe that's the 
the, the proper way to operate if you're in, in any form of business. Uh, you want people included. Uh, you don't want them to find out secondhand something that affects their life. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the mark of a good leader. Sixers, of course, uh, went to the final several times in the late 70s, early 80s, and close but didn't quite get there, losing, I think it was 4-2 each time, three times. And then just talk for a second what about the, the I remember as a kid hearing, like, Moses Malone is coming to town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how did you feel as a general manager helping bring Moses to town? Well, it was a big deal. Um, we uh, had gotten into the finals in 77. We got back to the finals again in 1980. Yeah. Uh, we got to the finals again in 1982. Yeah. But we couldn't get over the hump. And uh, Moses was a free agent in that summer of 1982. And uh, after much negotiation and, and a huge contract at the time, I think the whole package was $13 million to, to uh, woo Moses from Houston. Yeah. Well, today, $13 million sounds like chicken feed. That gets you two months of a season. <laughs> yeah. But back then, it was the biggest deal the sports world had ever seen. Moses came to us uh, that fall of 82, and uh, he was on a mission. And uh, I remember we going to training camp at Franklin and Marshall in Lancaster, and uh, that team was absolutely uh, set on what they needed to do. And we had a, a season for the ages. Uh, lost very few games in the regular season. Uh, no major injuries. It, it was just a Cinderella season. One, we're and still then at the end of the regular at. season, that's when Moses made his pronouncement. Yeah, that, that we still hear today, fo fo fo, and uh, there's still argument about who he said that to. Uh, he translated it and and uh, basically said, "We're going to sweep all three rounds of the playoffs." Yep, yep, and which what? we almost did. We uh, swept the Knicks and then lost one to Milwaukee in the second round. Yeah. And then we're able to uh, take four straight from the Lakers. And that was a great moment. I, I think often of uh, the celebration, uh, the parade down Broad Street, down to the Vet Stadium, uh, the, the rally that went forth there. It was a special moment. Um, Philadelphia knows how to celebrate a, a, a title. They really do. Pat Williams, our guest. He's a co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic. A very quick break. We're going to wrap up in just a moment here. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. 457, just about done our broadcast. Very pleased to have had Pat Williams, the co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic, the Sixers and Magic playing a couple hours from now. And Pat Williams, kind enough to be with us today. As we wrap up our chat, we've talked about Character Carved in Stone, your brand new book. Uh, after people read that one, of the other hundred, can you think of one that or two you would recommend people jump into next? Well, that's a good question. I've, I've, I've written four different books on Coach John Wooden. Tim. Okay. And uh, if you go up to Amazon, you can see those different books. There's so much to learn uh, from the life of Coach John Wooden, and I think we've captured every aspect of his life. Yeah. Uh, you'll see them up there on Amazon when you uh, order this latest book, Character Carved in Stone. There are other 
uh, Pat Williams books up there, so you get a chance to check them out as well. That sounds wonderful. We thank you so much for your time. There's so much more we could chat about. Maybe down the road we could we could do this again. I really enjoyed t- talking with you today. Tim, you're very kind, and I, I wish you all the best. And I'd like to just say hello to all my friends in the Delaware Valley. I uh, still call Philadelphia, Wilmington, my home. Absolutely. God bless you. Have a great evening. Bye-bye now. Thank you. That's Pat Williams. Again, you can find out more about him online, Pat Williams. Dot com. If you want to win a copy of his new book, send me a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. First and last name and the word character in there, and we'll draw a winner here in a moment. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.